Welcome and thanks for joining us again. I'm Jay Hodges. I'm a proud friend of Sinn Féin's and I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to join us as we speak today uh, with Mairead Farrell of Galway TD. Um, she represents Galway West and is Sinn Féin's party spokesman on expenditures and reform. Um, she, before being elected to the Dáil, she was actually on the Galway City Council uh, and you might recognize her name uh, from uh, her famous aunt. Um, but without further ado, uh, I just want to say hello and, and welcome. Uh, you're in Dublin though right now, Mairead, correct? I am indeed, Jay. I'm in um, Leinster House at the moment, so that's where the doll sits. Um, so I'm here today to do a bit of work, but thanks so much for inviting me on. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm delighted to um, get to know you a bit better as well during this conversation. So thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Now, uh, I start every one of these off in kind of the same way. Like, tell us how you got involved. What brought you into Sinn Féin activism? Like, wh what's kind of your foundation story? Okay, it's interesting. I think that um, it's something that I hadn't really thought about until I got elected in um, 2014 for the first time and something that um, comes up a good bit. But I think it's interesting. It's something you don't really think about until um, you're actually asked it. So I suppose for me, I've always been very interested in history. So when I was 14 in my English class, we were doing um, how to write speeches and how to write inspirational speeches and all that. And one um, speech that we read in our English book was the speech or the oration uh, by Porrick Pierce at O'Donovan um, Ross's funeral. And it was just sparked a huge interest um, in me in Irish history, in republicanism. And from that, I suppose, I went on then and I read, I went home that day, actually. I went home, I remember going home that day to my parents and saying, I read this speech and it's fantastic and all this. And my dad said, oh, well, I have um, the book written by O'Donovan Ross about his time in English jails. So it was kind of like a diary kind of thing. And um, so I immediately got that and I read that. And then that brought me on to Tom Clark, who's one of the signatories of the um, 1916 proclamation. And then I read about his wife. And then I read about Terence McSweeney. So every book kind of then gave me another idea of somebody else to read about. And I just always found it so interesting and I said at that point I was definitely going to study history so I think that really sparked it it was my interest in um republican history I think really and then I suppose from that then I joined Sinn Féin when I was 18 so as soon as I went to college because I wanted to join way before that but my mother says no you have to focus on um your school and all that schooling and doing your um, leaving cert and getting into university and all that. So um, I did that. And then as soon as I could, I joined um, Sinn Féin. So I think um, I think that's kind of, I suppose, how I ended up getting involved um, in Sinn Féin. And I'm obviously glad that I did. Wow. Uh, now, your family, your aunt in particular, was a Republican leader. She was one of the Gibraltar Three that was murdered uh, by British SAS. Um, can you speak for just a moment or two about her legacy and kind of how you think about that uh, in your daily work and, and whatnot. Yeah, of course. Um, I think, you know, it's something again that I'm asked actually quite a lot and I never really know how to answer it because people always say, oh, was she a big inspiration for you and all that. But for me, um, I very much see her as family. I see her as my aunt, she was my only aunt. My mother has two brothers and my dad only had the one sister and then brothers. Um, so I suppose it just had obviously a lasting impact um, on our family. Growing up, me and my sister were always very aware that she had spent a considerable amount of time in prison. So she spent 10 years in prison. 
um, and we were also aware that she had been murdered. Um, and we knew that, I kind of remember from growing up, um, even the court case, um, my own family and Dan McCann's family and Sean Savage's family brought a case to the European Court of Human Rights. I, I actually remember that happening because I remember I, my, my father bringing back presents and that kind of thing um, from being away. So that's, um, I suppose, I just very much see it in a, her in a family light. Um, but I suppose then when I had joined Sinn Féin, I was joined just locally involved in Galway. And then I went to a few national events and one event in particular was the 90th anniversary of the first stall and um, that we had that in the mansion house and I remember going along to it and there being a massive picture of my aunt and I thought it was the strangest thing ever I, I kind of I found it bizarre because I had no idea that I suppose in republican circles that people would have known of or that just was something growing up in Galway I had no idea about uh, but yeah I actually behind me there just by chance I do have a picture of, of her in my doll office and one thing that I was given there a few years ago, she ran um, in the general election in Cork um, and she had, there's like a slip that you sign or that somebody signs on your behalf to say that you're now officially a candidate. And somebody gave me that little piece of paper and I have my own one for my general election campaign. So I'm gonna frame it and I'm gonna put it up in here as well. I think that's kind of something nice to do and also uh, quite interesting, but in that sense, for me, I very much see her in a family light rather than, um, obviously in a political sense, but very much family rather than anything else. What I do think, though, even looking back now, I suppose, when we're looking at what probably got me involved politically in that, I think that um, Bobby Story, who sadly passed away um, not that long ago, probably had a huge impact. Looking back now, I realise he had a massive impact on me getting involved um, in Sinn Féin and my interest in republicanism. And one story that I, I've told a few people since is how um, we used to visit him as a child um, when he was in prison. And I remember now looking back, it probably was a huge shock to my teacher at the time, but I was seven and I was going into our Monday morning. We had this um, section where everyone had to say what they did that weekend, or maybe it was the previous week and we might've been off. And I came in proud as punch to, to say that I finally had news for our little news section that she would write it up on the blackboard. And I was saying about how I went to see my good friend in, in prison. And of course, I was growing up in Galway and that was a totally different, you know, people didn't have an understanding really what was going on in the North in a lot of senses. Um, but I really, you know, I suppose I was very, very close um, to Bobby and I really liked him. He was always fantastic with um, children. So me and my sister loved going visiting him. So I think probably even then, Later in life, I would have always asked him advice and that kind of thing. So I think he probably had a massive influence um, on me in terms of like developing my politics and that. Wow. Well, let's, let's actually go back to your, your political career a little bit. You finished your master's degree in finance and then went back to Galway and ran for the city council in 2014. Is that correct? Uh, uh, you represented your constituents well, uh, but then you actually lost your seat, but immediately flipped around and ran for TD, uh, which is uh, an amazing thing. And you and you won that one handily. So can you just talk about that? And, and then what advice would you give maybe to a younger you who's looking to kind of seek that same uh, elected office path? Yeah, so I was 23 when I was um, selected to run the local elections. Um, that was then in the following May in 2014. 
And I actually think that it's way easier to run for election when you're younger, <laughs> when for the first time, because there's not the same pressure. I mean, nobody expected, you know, even my friend group or anything like that. There's no massive expectations. And I would imagine it's, it can be difficult if you if you've lived a certain life and then you're putting yourself out there like that. But obviously, it's to be massively encouraged. And so I ran for the first time and I got elected then in 2014. And I, you know, did uh, as much as I could. And it was a bad day for Sinn Féin. We lost an awful lot of seats in May 2019. And it was very tough. I'm not going to lie. It was very, very tough. But I actually had a friend and he uh, rang me. Well, he was in contact with me. He had gotten elected. So he was an independent and he got elected. And um, he rang me and he had previously lost elections. And what he said was, you know, the next campaign starts tomorrow. Don't let this stop you. Like, just keep going. You know, you you know, you know, feel very passionate about your politics and all that and just keep going. So the day after, I think I must have lost on the Saturday. And the day after on the Sunday, like, I was out for leather going for this next election. Like, I, you know, in, in five years' time, in a lot of ways, like, I didn't expect to lost the local election to then run in the general election and get elected. So um, I was very much looking at the five years' time vision you know and i think i think the core key thing and the kind of core value that you need to have is, is that you know i fundamentally believe that um Sinn Féin's vision Sinn Féin's politics our policies will actually help um the majority of people and i really want to see a united ireland so you know it's it's more of that it's your your whole vision of what you want to see and one thing that we always say in our family is you know you know what you know what's the uh, what's the point in life you know and that's a kind of age-old question but we always say it's to try and do anything and whatever what you're doing it doesn't necessarily need to be electoral politics it doesn't need to be politics it can be in the school you work and it can be whatever it is that you try and better society um for those coming next so that's always kind of been our way of thinking so i think that's what kind of just you know that's what i was focused on then I suppose in January, so I lost out in May and it was very tough, I'm not going to lie. And I think anyone who's lost an election will say that it's, it's a tough time. Uh, but I remember somebody said to me, it, you know, it strengthens, strengthens your character. And I just thought to myself, I think I've had enough strengthening of character now. Like I don't want to see any more of that. <laughs> but um, then say come January, to, um, so this January, uh, an election was called, it was a four week campaign. We had always said, and I'd always said, I'm just going to give everything to it. I want to just do my best. And I, and I didn't even mean get in. I just meant, I want to know that I did everything that I can. And then we'll take the next step. If it's the next local elections four years later, then that's what's next. Um, so we just put everything that we could. We just threw everything at it. And then we, you know, it was a good day for Sinn Féin. But I'm also very aware that, you know, things can change. So it's about trying to get you know, represent your constituents as best you can. And that means on a local and on a national um, stage. So I suppose having lost, I know how easy it is to lose and how much work needs to be done. Now, I just want to um, ask you to, for just a quick moment, could you explain the doll and TD and just kind of what that, I want to make sure that, that, that people who are watching really understand what role you're playing right now. Absolutely. So I think the doll, from what I understand, is very much like the Congress. Um, that you have so in a yeah. sense a TD is in like I'd be a congresswoman and we have 160 in the in the doll and we have 37 Sinn Féin TDs so that's a very sizable um, portion 
and there uh, are um, there's like a um i don't and there's like eight or nine different political parties there unlike ours where we have two political parties yeah. like you guys actually have several so having 37 is a is a as a big number it's a big number yeah it's a massive number so um yeah we have a number of parties so at the moment our government actually um consists of three parties so it's Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, and um, the Green Party. And then there's obviously ourselves. We are the lead opposition. We want to be in government. We wanted to be in government. Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are, I suppose, afraid of us being in government because I think one thing that's really key is that, unfortunately, people in a lot of senses have lost hope that things can actually change. And it's because so many um, other political parties and politicians promise this kind of change and they only, and they didn't deliver on it. And sure. I think, you know, we uh, have that, you know, vision of hope of and and of change. And that's what people see in us. And it's very important. So for us now as opposition, we're the lead opposition. That gives us, we're in a great position. We can really challenge the government. And, um, but of course our aim is to be in government and the sooner the better, because I genuinely think that that will better people's lives. Now, it's a really unique position to be in. It's an incredible position to be in, uh, to be a part of it and, and to be a TD at this time. What do you think the future holds for Ireland? Where do you see it heading? Uh, and then kind of, you know, what, what role do you think that the Friends of Sinn Féin can actually play in that effort? Well, I think that um, politics has really changed um, in Ireland. So I think in this state, in the 26 counties, um, two things really brought young people um, far more on board. So there was um, a reproductive rights referendum and there was a marriage equality referendum and both um, like were heavily, like young people were heavily involved in it. And for the first time, young people could see that their involvement really actually brought about legislative change and what they, what they felt strongly about. And um, so I think that really changed the dynamic in terms of young people getting more involved and seeing that there was an ability to change. I definitely think there, without question, in my view, um, Irish unity is extremely achievable at the moment. It's, it's absolutely doable. Of course, it takes a lot of, it'll take a lot of work by us all. But I think there's been, um, there's been a lot of changes in perceptions. I've noticed even in Galway. So Galway's on the west coast of Ireland, okay? It's in the 26 counties. It's very removed. You know, if, for those people who don't want to know anything about what's going on in the north, who don't want to know about an Irish unity um, referendum, it's very easy if you're living in Galway to just totally ignore um, what's going on around you, I suppose, uh, in terms of the um, six counties and that. But what I've really noticed now is that people in Galway are coming up to me and saying, you know, we need Irish unity. And, and there was two key things in my view um, that changed that. Firstly, it was Brexit. Um, people mm -hmm. in Galway didn't think that um, Brexit was of benefit um, to the North. They saw that in the six counties, people voted against Brexit, but they were being forced um, into it because of what was happening in, um, in Britain. And then another thing was the COVID-19 response. And people felt that Boris Johnson's um, response to COVID-19 um, wasn't good and they saw the impact that that had then on the six counties and then obviously like you know the, you know we're, we're one island so the ability of a virus like that to move and to spread so that really changed people's attitudes 
people who were able to or just simply ignored it or weren't aware, maybe weren't that politically interested, weren't interested in history. I think that really changed it. So I really do think that Irish unity is extremely doable now. I think that it's, it's only a matter of time. I think what we need to do as Republicans is we need to, and I mean that in the Irish sense, I've seen here, um, the Irish Republican sense, um, we, we need to popularise it, we need to make it, you know, it's not just our own, it's for everyone to get involved in. And what I would like to see is that in the next programme for government, so obviously when a government is formed here, there's a programme for government that um, the government parties agree on and say that they want to deliver in the term of their government. And what I would like to see is that the next time that that, is happen that that comes together, whenever that may be, so this government can only last five years, then they have to call um, a general election. But obviously things, because it's a coalition government of three parties, you know, things can change and a government may fall, which will cause um, an election. But what I would like to see happen is that when this next programme for government um, is put together, whenever that may be, that the public are crying out for... Um, a push for unity referendum be part of that um, be part of that program for government like we need to popularize it to that extent in terms of yourselves I mean I think it's just fantastic that um, we have friends of Sinn Féin and I'm delighted to be um, in, involved in this today and I, I know I have some friends who are also involved with it the likes of Seamus um, from Limerick so I think that having having your support having that international support having it part of the political agenda in the US, having it part of the political agenda. I just need to turn my light on. Having it part of the political agenda worldwide, you know, and just having that pressure on is extremely important because it needs to, the pressure needs to be put on the British government um, to ensure that um, a unity referendum happens as well as on an Irish government, on an Irish government as well. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, now, to wrap up, this is kind of always my 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 last thing. Like, if you had someone that came to you and just said, you know, I want to learn more, you know, what would you recommend to that person that they read, or if it's a website that they go visit, or uh, you know, an album that they listen, whatever it is, uh, what is your recommendation to the to the one person who's sitting uh, in Kansas City right now and saying, you know, hey, I want to know where I can go to learn more. What, what would you recommend? Well, I think that, well, there's a lot of different things, but and the, that speech by Parik Pierce at O'Donovan Ross's grave was something that inspired me. But I think that one book that I found excellent and it's an easy read and it's not too long either if you want to just get an initial flavor, I suppose, or initial um, information is the book by Sheila Dara, John Lennon's Dead. And it's, he was an OC. It's a fantastic book, and it's it's and it's funny, and it's everything, you know, and it really details it. But she was, um, and the OC in Armagh uh, Women's Jail during the 1980 hunger strike, where three women in Armagh Jail went on hunger strike. And it's a very very interesting read. But again, it's not too long, so it's not it's easy written. It's easy to it's easy to read because there's nothing worse than you might get the most interesting book. But it's extremely hard to read, and you read five, you know, you read five pages, and you can't remember what happened in the first page. So I think John Lennon's Dead by Sheila Dara is a good place to start. I love that book. I bought copies of that book for every one of my nieces. I just want them really? to see that. I, I think it's a fantastic recommendation. Um, well, I, I definitely want to thank you very much for your time. I know you're you're in the middle of a work, and so we we got to cut things a little bit short today. But thank you so much for sharing your story. 
and kind of your vision and, and what's going on there. Like, that's absolutely amazing. Um, and I really hope that we get to do this again sometime soon uh, so that we can continue this discussion. Um, as for everybody tuning in, thank you again for joining us. The best thing that you can do right now uh, is to share this video with your friends and, and family members. You know somebody um, that, that really would find this interesting and we kind of need to, to continue spreading the word. So uh, spread it around Facebook, spread it around social media as much as possible. Uh, become a friend of Sinn Féin. Uh, and until next time, thank you very much for tuning in. Slump.